everyone. I would like to welcome you to our second SkyTrain members meetup. First, I want to kick it off by explaining what is SkyTrain. So SkyTrain is a new transatlantic investor network from Silicon Ali and our partners at the city of Berlin's New York office. So our mission with SkyTrain is to connect LPs in the U.S. with funds based in Berlin, but we're open to everyone who can support that mission. Our goal is to highlight how awesome Berlin is as a startup city and support new emerging fund managers here in the city and ultimately bring more investment to funds based here in Berlin. And we're trying to build a really high quality top level network. So we're building that network in two ways, first with events. And to do that, uh, we'll be going on international road trips over the next year. We're visiting LA, Miami, New York, San Francisco, and other US cities. And we're always stopping off in Berlin in between. The other thing we're doing with SkyTrain is producing a lot of content. We know investing in Germany is complicated, but it's not impossible. In fact, it's, it's very possible. We just need to get all the information out there in the open to the right people. So well on our way to writing a lot of short, digestible content about things like setting up a VC fund, auditing requirements, how to close and pitch LPs, and et cetera, on our website. Our first article on syndicates is online at siliconale.com slash SkyTrain. And today we're really happy to have Rich Gupta here, who has a really broad finance background, but he's going to be here today to talk to us specifically about family offices. I'd like uh, first to pass it over to Rich and allow him to introduce himself and talk about his work and his investment history, especially, you know, as I mentioned, he's got a broad investment history, broad background in finance, but I'd love to hear specifically on the topic of du jour about family offices. So Rich, please feel free to introduce yourself. Good evening, folks. Career-wise, I don't know where to start. The family office business, we started around 2009. Prior to that, all of us, we are seven, were pretty much on major players in different Wall Street firms or different asset management shops. 20 plus years, each one of us prior to 2009 had invested and created tremendous amount of wealth for entrepreneurs and S&P 1000 companies or S&P 500 companies. And then something else happened called 2008 and 2007. Pretty much one by one, all of us decided, first Ruju were three, and then four others joined us. And we didn't want to go back to work in corporate America anymore. It wasn't as much fun because we left, uh, I left, with two partners to create a asset management slash hedge fund in 2004, 2005, when finally business got approved. And then this thing blew up. No fault of us. We all were doing our jobs, working from 4.30 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily. And now we have nothing. So what do we do? What is a new paradigm? So three of us started with loosely aligned and I think my partner, John, came up and goes, hey, this guy's a startup company. It sounds very interesting. And they were into early stage of, of health tech, patient monitoring. And that created our multifamily office structure. And from there on, uh, we funded from 2009 to 2012, about 27 different companies at very early stage, pre-seed, seed stage, mostly in fintech, health tech. And later on, around 2013-14, we started looking at anything cryptos and blockchain. And that's the 
small background. I don't know how much else you want me to drill down, Travis. I, I know you you would have some questions, or I keep going for hours. Yeah, uh, no, that's time. that's great. Thank you, Rich. I think uh, it's a it's a good overview. I think everyone understands that you have uh, credentials uh, to talk about these topics, so <laughs> we can dive right into it. Um, yeah, so. Just to kind of go really high level for a moment, I want to start with the, for the uninitiated, what are family offices? So I've got a little definition here, but I'd love to hear if, I, if I'm way off the mark from you, Rich. I already gave you a hint of that. So family office is nothing but an individual who has tremendous amount of wealth. Not only, I mean, people, when they generate wealth, they're not just worried about their wealth. They're also creating legacy. They're also creating about their futures of investment capacity. When they were struggling, what happened to that? So that's the same thing we took on with fintech and health tech because we did nothing but fintech and health tech in our prior careers. And we have pretty big knowledge. So family office starts from, it could be an individual who has, I mean, you can have a few hundred millions and you set up your family office set up an LLC, set up a C-Corp, whatever you want to do. And you hire some investment officer, compliance officers, and you got a family office. And now what do you do with that family office is the biggest challenge. And yeah. majority of the family offices try to be within their knowledge base and sector. That's great. That's a great definition. And I think it's also important to know that, yeah, family offices are also set up for tax planning and estate planning and philanthropic endeavors. And so lots of other ways to kind of manage and spend money and earn money. And there's also, from my notes here, there's two kinds of family offices. So you have a single single family office, which is, you know, your ultra high net worth, what it says on the tin, you know, single family running this. And then also multifamily offices, which is a bit more of a traditional kind of wealth management firm where the services are pulled together. You have kind of the benefit of economies of scale, but maybe a little bit more complicated decision-making processes. And I think it's also important to note that no two family offices are alike. And services are always, as you said, customized to suit the individual needs and background of, of each family. And I just have one little anecdote here as well, that just for context of this discussion in Germany, uh, our research has shown there's over 300 single family offices and over 100 major multifamily offices. So there's also a lot you know, here in Germany as well. And as I mentioned, there's two kinds of family offices, the multi and single. I believe your family office that you advise is set up as a multifamily office, correct? That's correct. We are seven-member family office. We invest our own money. And whenever needed, if we needed more money, we can always co-invest with others. Can you explain maybe how the decision-making process, if it, if it does at all, differs from a multifamily office to a single-family office? Million-dollar question. How do you invest? <laughs> That's the question, right? So, and now you have seven members who's going to write their checks. We don't manage any fund. That's the one difference with us is more like um, we call it multifamily, but we operate like if we have a deal, we like it, our analysts approve it. We have investment committee meeting with three members of the family and analysts and the compliance if they approve that transaction, now it goes to the full investment committee where all the seven members are involved and two other folks. And then transaction that is approved or disapproved. And we have a philosophy of unanimous consent. We usually as a multifamily will not invest in a product if we don't get unanimous consent end of the conversation mm -hmm. after the first second meeting of the investment committee. Why we chose that is uh, uniqueness because we were all going different directions 
and there was a lot of friction uh, among the families, and we didn't like that. So still what we've done is we do unanimous consent, and if one individual or two individuals wants to invest, God bless them. So they can still invest themselves if it only comes out of the family office fund. That's correct. Has unanimous consent. Interesting. Would you say that's typical or atypical for multifamily offices, or does it really just run the gamut? Well, there's a gamut of, of investment. There's a lot of family members in the bigger multifamilies. You can have a 50 multifamily members, 100 family. They will never have this kind of structure. They will have a different investment committees and coordinations and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Ours is such a small group, and we love meeting each other. Uh, Zoom and, and Google has made life much better now. We used to travel. I mean, I'm the only one, as I call it, stuck in California. And every one of them are either in uh, Connecticut, Manhattan, or Boston, or there's one gal in, in D.C. So we are all from East Coast. I mean, originally I'm from Manhattan, New York. So what can we do? So now no more traveling, which is beautiful. Every month, uh, you got to take a travel in, but no. But we still do dinners and meetings. And so now it depends on the, the structure of how many members are involved. There are a lot of services have come up which offer as a multifamily office services. The difference between us is we are investing. Those guys are only offering services. We don't, I mean, I may choose to some individual or some office if they call up and they want individual opinions, we may provide that, but that's not our main service criteria. Mm -hmm. And since you mentioned your investments, what do you look for? What do family offices look for specifically when, when making direct investments? And do you also invest in funds or strictly direct equity investments? And what do you look for in those decisions? Another brilliant question. I think you're looking at what is the product, right? Number one, and who is creating that product? So those two things have to supersede anything else. So if the product is a use case product and enhancing the life cycle, enhancing the service industry or enhancing delivery, whatever it is, so that wins. And now it all comes down to who is it? Who's behind that? The person has to be a great person to have a great caliber, a great knowledge base. And as I mentioned in earlier breakout group, after investing 27 different companies as a startup, early startup, pitch book, whatever you name it, same concept. We always felt the same way. What is the product and who's behind it? But we learned tons of lessons. So we, seven of us have moved up on a food chain now where we look at mostly pre-Series A or Series B services. And we have invested in maybe one or two fund managers. Most of our investments are direct investment to the companies. That's what we like. Yeah, that's kind of what I've heard in most of my discussions so far with other family office advisors, that it's a lot of direct investment, but some kind of strategic fund investment as well. In terms of that, in in the investment cycle, if someone... So I have a fund or, or I'm raising a round for my company. Do you think it's better to approach a family office as a lead or an anchor investor or later on in the fundraising cycle to kind of fill up the round? I mean, this, this question is driven by individual family offices. We would never lead it. We don't take a name in, no, we are the lead. We don't promote. We are under the radar. You won't find us anywhere on the websites or anything. We don't do it. Mm-hmm. We are old-fashioned. But there are family offices. Um, the, the, the key question is how to target 
family offices or multifamily offices with your product. And then once you sort that out, then after that is they will decide what role they want to play. I don't know too many family offices who like to take lead other than Bill Gates or maybe now um, Elon Musk or Jeff Bezos. Those guys are way, way above our food chain. Great. That's a great segue into my my next question is how, how do you actually go about finding family offices and also making sure that you're aligned with their investment thesis? Because it is kind of a mysterious world, right? It's very mysterious. Every family office has their own investment criteria, their own, and they're very, you know, they, they, they like to stay behind the curtain. There are not too many people you will know who have a full known public family office business. So we like to stay behind the curtain. Now, how do you find us is through the network of individuals you have. Somebody went to college or somebody went to work in a Wall Street or some connection thereof. It's a grueling hard work. It's not easy. I wish I can tell you, hey, look at this number and call that. It doesn't happen. But but it's it's the tact itself. And then the second thing is, how do you find that that particular family office you're targeting, they are focused in your industry? Exactly. Yeah. I don't know too many family offices other than I, the names I mentioned earlier. Those guys go everywhere, anywhere they can go. But majority of the family offices are centric, industry centric. They're always focused on what they have done in their career. And I mean, charity, you got to segment the family offices also into the good amount of family offices that do only charity. Okay. You know, there are foundations and endowments, yeah. and that's another big group to target about, but they may have a product you may not even know it. So family office, endowments, they're amazing places to raise capital, but it's very grueling, very tough. All right. Yeah. Or you got to join a network like ours where we can uh, introduce you to great people well, that run family offices do the work for you that doesn't happen too often you got lucky travis <laughs> well, thank you so we have a couple questions from our community first i'll make sure those get answered ben asks is your family office only investing into alternative asset classes or are you also handling more traditional ones such as real estate Real estate is definitely a big play for most of the every or every family offices. So we do invest in those, but uh, more as a as a seed investment or as an early investor on property by property, not as a fund investment. So, for example, we participated in uh, about a hundred million dollar purchase of a Class B building in Chicago. So we did that and paying up. We also have something in America, unique investment capacity called alternative investments. So we have a branch that does that also. Some people call it hard money lending, alternative investment, alternative lending. We have a big presence on that too. That's on a traditional side, but mostly focus now is on fintech, health tech, and anything crypto. But if somebody comes up with a good plan of action, uh, we can make a decision very quick. Great. Thanks, Ben. You, you have your hand raised as well. Do you, do you have a follow-up question? Yeah, maybe I can give a little bit more flesh to the bone to this question. Um, sure. Because I experienced some family offices in, in Germany. And here the same guys are always handling multiple asset classes. And if they start investing into startups, they also tend to rather do single investments into startups that they kind of like or as you said, they come from the same industry. 
So I would be interested if in the US you have like dedicated teams looking at um, VC investments or startup investments, or uh, you also do those allocations from the same group of people. Look, uh, every family office has their own ways of investment. There is no single guideline or guidance how a family office will invest their money. This is their money, right? So they're not borrowing from it. They may be borrowing on their own account. They're not taking money from any other investors. So they have a full investment idea. So if some investment comes to them or some investor or some entrepreneur who I happen to like, who I know for decades, but his nephew or his brother is doing something interesting, can I use that? That's That may not be in FinTech, health tech or crypto. That could be something very different. That could be in the movie industry. That could be in metaverse. That could be anywhere. So that equation does fall into the family member like us. I mean, we are the small family member offices, only seven. I know there are some multifamily offices. They are much more broader in number of participants. They become more like an asset manager, a wealth manager. And there will be some restriction. There will be some guideline of investments because you can't just meet seven members or 100 members at the same time and get their acceptance, right? So it's, it's tricky. Uh, you're 100% right. Uh, family offices diverge everywhere they can. Uh, but most of them will stay within the mainstream of their criteria. Either it's a real, there are, I mean, I would categorize majority of the family offices invest in real estate. Majority. Yeah. There'll be small percent which will invest into startups or early growth stage. And then the later stage, all the fund managers are hitting everybody. Every fund manager from Series A all the way. I mean, um, SpaceX is doing what Series, whatever, Z or L. (laughs) Companies want to stay in the private as long as they can. And what drives them is their growth is lack of this oversight from SEC or overbearance. And if they can get the capital and they can produce and get attraction, why not? Mm -hmm. So public markets have a great advantage, but the private markets also have a greater advantage of go anywhere you want to go, create your wealth, create your product, get into market. I mean, SpaceX is following every rules and regulations you can possibly think of. They're not some yahoos but they want to stay on the private market as long as they can. Do you have any experience with European family offices? Do they tick differently than in the US in your experience? I mean, I just met uh, on my trip to Europe this few weeks ago where I think it's the same. I wouldn't say same, but similar approaches. I met at least three family offices in Geneva, one in Zurich and one in Paris. And they were all, uh, we were just sharing notes. I didn't see anything. I mean, they may have more concentration in Europe than we will have. Other than that, I didn't see any more issues of their thinking or process or how Mm -hmm. they select. You think they were more or less risk adverse in a way? I feel like sometimes the Germans can be well known and famous for their aversion to risk. That's the, that's the question that comes on a million, million times. What is the risk averse? 
right? So if you're investing money, if you invest even money into US treasury notes and bonds, you're not risk averse, you are taking risk. So family offices tend to be protective of their investment. So they may not take huge risk, which could be called as a risk averse, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so they may take a different approaches in finding investment to invest it in. I think that their thinking is similar to what we do. They may be a little bit more process oriented than we are. We are also, we have built enough processes, but we don't get bogged down by it. They may be. Mm-hmm. A little bit more agile. It seems to be like anything American, right? We tend to, yes. Cool. And then I, the last kind of question I had from my side was, do family offices, I mean, I think you're going to be a little bit biased on this question, but in general, do they make good investors? Are they patient? What are their expectations on returns from either a startup that or is, a fund? They are, they are sticky money. Family, family office, if you got them on your either board or your investor or your, your cap table, they are usually sticky money. Okay. They won't invest it into you uh, if they didn't like you for longer term. Family offices predominantly are investing for exit events, some multiple. They're not looking for quick returns. That's for sure. Great. Yeah, it seems like the overall topic I'm getting is very emotional decision making. A lot of storytelling is going to be important and, and winning over the passions of the decision makers. But then once you have done that, they're kind of ride or die. They're going to be there for the whole the whole trip. I mean, performance is also relative, right? So every market's have a performance issues and you're expected to perform to the limit. And if you don't perform, not necessarily you will be cut off. There will be relevance on that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if you become somebody who you are not, then yes, that will be cash out very quickly. <laughs> yeah, okay. Don't fake it either. Yeah, I mean, the whole notion to fake it till you make it, it doesn't go through in family offices. You'll probably get shut down within a minute. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Because we don't have urgency to invest. You know, other fund managers who has raised 100 million or 500 million, they have urgency to invest because that money is sitting on the sideline. And most of the managers now have gotten smarter. They don't draw down. They will have a dry schedule and all that, right? Yeah. But still, they're managing their money. So every fund manager has at least three funds of leverage cash which they're looking to invest and they have urgency to invest. And they, that's a great and, point. And there's no lack of pipeline. They, they have hundreds and hundreds of deals coming into them daily and they're reviewing it, but they, they have to invest. We don't have to invest. I'm very happy where my money is. So that's the point, I think, uh, on the family offices versus other specified fund managers. But family, family office money is usually sticky money. Great. That's that's a fantastic final point. I think that's the end of my questions. If you have maybe any final tips, love to hear them, and then we can wrap it up. But I tell you, I mean, there is no magic in investments. And there is no magic in finding family office or fund managers. It's a grunt work. Somebody got to do it. And there is no shortcuts. If you're looking for shortcuts, then keep working somewhere else. Just do the job nine to five or eight to four or whatever it is and be happy. Being an entrepreneur and providing a solution 
using a product which you believe as an entrepreneur is going to change the world or change the system or change the environment they are in or change the whatever area they're focused on. Now you got something, show your passion, show your passion and dedicate your passion into it. You can't have, hey, I got three jobs and I want this product and I want to build that. Okay, God bless you. No family office looking at you. Maybe your friends will invest it to you and we will see how it happens. You got to be all in. Obviously, we don't want you not have a food on the table, but you got to be showing your passion in some fashion, right? And then finding the right family offices or right investors is the, the most trickier thing. And there's a lot of uh, intermediaries who have come on in the marketplace. They do tremendous work. You got to find one, right one, who can open the doors for you. I mean, I, I talk to intermediaries daily. Uh, who are hitting us with the deals or uh, what we call intermediaries. I don't know what they call them in Europe and Berlin is the person who basically is a, a introducer of a company product to us, right? And a company created by Travis is looking for funds. And this person uh, just sources that deal and pushes out. That person is not part of the company, doesn't have a direct role, other than to get this company funded. If the company gets funded, they get their cut. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we talk to those intermediaries daily. It's not an issue, but you got to find the right intermediaries because there's a lot of intermediaries who are always throwing the names. I can get you into this family office or whatever. A lot of time and money goes into it. So there's no secret sauce, my final wisdom, <laughs> no secret sauce, patience, perseverance, and hard work to find anyone you want to work with Love and it. then having the right product and right passion behind it probably makes the day. Great. Yeah, that's fantastic advice. And I think, you know, holds true in any, any economy, any market, any, any industry. So thank you so much, Rich. We'll have to have you back again soon. Sure. I'll be pleasure. Bye-bye. <laughs> Good seeing you guys. Thank you for listening to the Silicon Ali SkyTrain podcast. You can read more about the topic over on our website at siliconalee.com SkyTrain. If you don't know who or what Silicon Ali is, I'm here to tell you now. Silicon Ali started over 10 years ago as a blog about the Berlin tech scene and as a simple monthly meetup, just getting the international tech community together to meet one another. Today, we're still running that same meetup every month on the first Tuesday of the month, but we're doing a lot more. We're funding the earliest stage first-time founders through our Berlin Founders Fund. We give founders 2,000 euros per month for a year. We take no equity and we connect them with our kick-ass worldwide network of successful founders, investors, and experts, all to help them get their products launched and get their first checks signed. We also help companies expand to Berlin through our residency programs. If you're looking to expand your business to Berlin, or if you're a government-funded development agency tasked with helping companies grow out of your home market, reach out and ask us how we can help. Also, stay tuned this year as we expand our opportunities for anyone in our global community to connect to the amazing pool of resources and network we've built over the last decade and through our Berlin Founders Fund and residency programs. We'll be announcing this exciting new chapter in the fall of 2022. 
But the heart of Silicon Valley has always been connecting Berlin's amazing tech ecosystem with the rest of the world. We love helping international, diverse founders achieve their dreams in one of the coolest cities in the world. You can find us across all social media at Silicon Alley, that's Silicon A-L-L-E, or at SiliconAlley.com. Thanks again, and we look forward to hearing from you again soon.